ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's amazing. I think that's that's perfect. Our uh, new theme music when we come into Monday is on Game of Bones. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of the old one anyway. So you know, I'm I'm gonna go for this one. We should. You know what we should do? We should actually make a poll and then ask people. You know, what is the best possible new intro for Game of Bones? It'll be a hit on Winter's Coming. I agree. I think we should. We so. should. I see what you're yeah. highlighting in the doc right now. <laughs> <laughs> Selena was trying to make a professional transition. I was to, to make a transition, about. guys. <laughs> I was going to say there are quite a few polls over on Winter is Coming as it exactly. happens. Exactly. Uh, that is such a good point, Eric. <laughs> as of late. Of course. Like what? This is no surprise. We are talking about the Wicknet Awards. Yay. Yay. Basically We're excited. What they are. It's like the Grammys meets the Emmys mm, meets the, the Tonys mm-hmm. meets Goo and the Wicked like Awards. Teen Choice Awards. Yeah. Surfboards aren't given out, just uh, bragging rights, I think. And this week is, this week's very important because I think it's something that we can all appreciate with one another, uh, being that we make a Game of Thrones podcast together. The voting will be happening and surrounding the best comedic scene of season three. And those are usually what we make our own, so we're very excited about this one. That's true. So the options for best comedic scene of season three are, I feel like it's like a (laughs) professional recording, Um, I mean a professional uh, ceremony. Okay, option you one. Have a tuxedo yeah, on? I feel like I should be I dressed about. up for this. I don't know about you guys. I feel like I should be wearing a bow tie. I think I dressed down for this. Got my champagne, you know. Only a bow tie, Eric. Only a bow tie. Yeah, only a bow tie. There we go. Uh, there the options go. are That's something. Tyrion gets drunk at his wedding. Yeah. Very, very good scene. We all very remember that. Scene. Yes. Lady Olena <laughs> discusses the complicated Lannister Tyrell family tree. Good effort, Yay. definitely. Very exciting. Tyrion and Bronn talk with Podrick oh, no. about his <laughs> <Yeah>. first time. <laughs> That's a funny scene. That one gets my vote. I does and not get my vote. <laughs> the penultimate option, the small council meeting, musical chairs. Oh, I think that actually gets my vote, you know. I, I thought that was hysterical. It was such it a was long visual gag and it just worked perfectly. And finally, I, I'm I'm struggling to remember the comedy in this, but the last one was the Brotherhood Without Banners finds Arya and company. Oh, I suppose it was Good with the selection. Archer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Archer. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Good moments there. Poor Hot Pie gets owned. Five yep. options are obviously sitting in front of us. Which shall mm-hmm. we choose? I'm gonna have to go with uh, getting drunk at his wedding, hands down. I gotta go for the small council. I think that was Elena as a close second, but that was hysterical. I think. Uh, Podrick for me. You know, I'm struggling to remember. I'm sure there were a lot of really funny things. A lot of funny. I can't do it. Speaking a lot of language. funny scenes um, in this this season, but I'm I'm struggling to remember them. Like it just seemed mm-hmm. like such an intense season because the red wedding just shad- overshadowed everything. You know, the red shat wedding was everything. kind of funny. <laughs> yes, it's shat on everything. <laughs> you know, it, the red wedding did have some comedic moments before they like all died. Yeah, no, I mean Walter Frey was hysterical the yeah. entire wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in good spirits, so I think we can all understand why. <laughs> he had a good day. For me, it was just, Tyrion, you never get married, first off, so this is something that we get to see rarely. True. Uh, second off, you're literally talking shit to the king in front of That's all the other important true, people actually. because that you're at the wedding. Mm. Right? That's hilarious. It was way too tense for me to be like, oh, that was so good. Zing. Bam. I was like, somebody's losing a cock and it's going to happen very soon. 
so I can feel that it's coming. Yeah. Today is a very important day. I'm not exactly sure 100% why. The show is back. It's Monday. Today, there was a post on the website that I thought was very interesting on the WIC website. And interesting only in one degree, that it was uh, the most beautiful thing I've seen all day today. All those <gasps> oh. banners and, and cuteness at the Hotel Belvedere. So I bet they're having fun mm. today. This is actually where we're recording the episode from. Just one of the uh, hotel rooms. <laughs> it's Gosh, lie, you know, guys. it's amazing how they can... <laughs> if you look in that picture, you can see Zach uh, in the black shirt. He's got his arms crossed on the... Uh... <laughs> And that's me in the hat. Next Up to on the me. landing. Yeah. You guys are right Selena's in this a little bit further down. She looks a little pissed off that we didn't invite her for a drink. <laughs> oh, my God. That looks just never, like us. <laughs> I never get invited for the drinks. Do you see this picture, Selena? Because this I don't is see absolutely, it. Where is it? Here, go, it's the first post. It's Micah and I standing there. And Selena's pissed, standing down. Just like, right, hold on. Let and me, you know, let it's me not. It. It's oh, not the most flattering shot of me. I'm in yeah. the. Uh, I'm in Are the. Light. <laughs> on the top. I'm in the light. <laughs> you know. You know. You guys must have known that this picture was being taken because you're like Eric. You should go up there and uh, mm. fix that shrubbery. I just had my highlights done. I'm, you know, I'm really tan. Alive the plants. I look good. <laughs> you guys told me to like fix the plants or something, and I was going up there. I'm like, what are you talking about here? Oh, right. I guess I can. And then, of and course, once I get started, I can't stop. I had to fix the whole row. And by then, you know, the picture had been taken. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, as you guys can see, Dubrovnik, Croatia is the place to hang out this week. We've got all the Lannister banners hanging high in the air. They're probably hand-sewn. I would like at least two of those because they look comfortable. What's uh, what's slightly disturbing is that uh, they felt the need to show off the uh, the bathrooms at the Hotel Belvedere, as is evidenced by the very last photo in the yeah, post that. that you sent over. <laughs> 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 I th- see. I thought when you're making the joke earlier, you're gonna be like, "I saw a picture of you in that," but then mm. I don't have a full sleeve tattoo, so yeah, yet, yet, yeah. But uh, let- let's talk about uh, this picture. Well, we don't have to talk about the picture. We could talk about the person in the picture because uh, he has been recast as the mountain. There's quite a few recastings, aren't there? It's been it's true confusing season. We've recently recasted the mountain, as Micah said, and the man who will be taking up the reins. I will not say his last name. I will only say his first, and it is Thor. Ooh, I think that's all you need. He looks like Half a uh, WWE wrestler. He does. He looks like, he looks like a mountain. Rikishi. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he's in a little bit better shape than Rikishi. <laughs> but what is this? This is the third time that the mountain's been recast? It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the second time he's been recast, but yeah, there's been three so far. But I think it's the first time he's been recast with the man that has ranked in the world's strongest man competition. Yeah, there is I that. I think so. 24-year-old man who has won the title of Iceland's strongest man as well. I bet you they found him when they were filming North of the Wall. And he was did, carrying yeah. their trucks for him over mm-hmm. the mountains. <laughs> like, you should play the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's badass. And you know what? That's good. I mean, I guess the recasting means that, uh, they need, like, the mountain's going to have some important stuff coming up. Well, that, or it's, um, because the mountain so far, I mean, he hasn't had a very big role. So I guess if the actors that they have found for those bit parts have something else to do, it's not really that easy to get them back, you know? Maybe it's just because it's not as important of a part. Well, which mm-hmm. makes not me to be a kind downer. Of- 
curious about the Dario situation because we know he's been recast I as well, know. and that's huge. I mean, Gosh. that is a big because when I when I saw that, I mean, I'm you know speaking of Dario, like his role in the books. I'm not the let's just get this out of the way. I'm not the biggest fan of Dario Nahars, um, but he. I mean, the first actor, I thought he looked fine and he was good for it. But it's almost like they realized that they needed a different type of actor. But then why wouldn't they have realized that the first time around? Unless right. the actor was unavailable for whatever You would reason. think that they would have avoided it if you they could You would have thought have they because, would have planned ahead with this well, particular Well, it doesn't character. mean that they didn't plan ahead. I, I think, though, it's, you know, certain things in production get in the way. Maybe the actor's disagreeable. Who knows? Maybe. Um, you know, and, and the fact that they showed him so, so I want to say featured him as they did in, in season three probably would have been pushed off if they had foreseen any kind of changes like this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the new guy. Um, but I think, uh, I think he looks so, I mean, personally, I, I don't know about you guys, but just coming from my perspective, I think he looks, he looks really good. I'm excited. <laughs> I like him better. Well, than the guy. He's in dream, which has been very successful yeah. in its own regard. I don't have much of an opinion on the matter. If that makes any sense. Like I, Dario had plenty of screen time last time. I haven't read him in the books cause we're not that far in this show yet. Uh, I agree. I mean, as Zach pointed out, I was going to say we haven't gotten to his character in the books, so we don't really have uh, much comparison other than what we've seen on the TV show. And I think he did get enough screen time last season for sure. So uh, it's a little bit, um, you know, interesting that they would go ahead and recast, but there must have been some sort mm. of conflict. That I love this actor in Nashville. It's one of those shows I like to watch, and he plays Liam McGinnis, kind of a a drunken, sort of just smarter than everyone else music producer. So yeah. I think that, not to say that that's going to be Dario's character in any regard, but <laughs> that'd I mean, be awesome. <laughs> he's great on Nashville, so I mean, I'm sure he's going to kill it in this show. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. I still haven't seen Nashville. I really wanted to. Yeah, and then the final bit of recasting, this was, um, I think, from a, a few weeks ago, um, there was a lot of speculation that Tommen had been recast. We didn't really see him at all in season three, and uh, it looks as though he's been cast in a much older role now. He's not actually that much older, but I guess this actor is very, very accomplished. He, he's played the lead in Billy Elliot on um, on The West End. So in the musical, so I think they're just looking for a character or an actor that can maybe, you know, shoulder a bit more of a of a role, of a presence. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like the original Tommen, though. I do, too. I had a nightmare that it was Rick and that was recast, I think, last night. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. I, he was so I, I, good. I was thinking, yeah, you did such a great job. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. when we were, I was thinking about us recording the show this morning. And then, um, yeah, it turns out it was just Tommen that was recast. So, you know, a lot of news, a lot of things are moving, um, just like this show does. I'm trying to think of the best way in my um, arsenal to transition to the meat of what we're talking about today. But I don't really mm -hmm. have a fancy way to do it other than to say that, listen, guys, Jon Snow is heading north with other guys dressed in clothes of the same color as him. And today <laughs> <What>? they have <laughs> found a place that is not abandoned. There you are actually people say. here. <laughs> Wow, what color might that be? <laughs> it's, like a, a, it's kind of a I dark brown. I think it's brown. green. <laughs> <laughs> well, they took. The, I'll give you guys a hint. They took the black, oh, and then they took, and then uh, they took the black so clothing so off of the rack. <laughs> yes, it's all dark. It's all very muted. But you know, wearing black as they do, uh, once they find another <laughs> civilization which is not bound by the same rules as them, they may find that their black garb clashes with whatever it is that Craster and his women wear. But Zach, you made a you made a great point though. You were talking about how they happened upon 
a place that finally is not deserted because I think they said they, they went through seven different areas prior to this and they had all been deserted. And, and this kind of mirrors what we've seen in other chapters, right? Arya going through different towns and villages. They're all desolate. Same thing uh, when we saw, have we only done one Daenerys chapter at this point? But even then, you know, a lot of the places that she was happening upon, um, there was nobody there. So despite them being in different areas of this world, they're still, these characters are, are going through similar situations. Right. And in the case for the watch, we have 200 men sort of trudging in what they've called a baggage train, which makes me think of the Dothraki moving across the desert. You know what I mean? Just like this massive horde of people, except this is totally different. We're in the north. For all intents and purposes, we're in Iceland filming, mm -hmm. and it's ridiculously cold. <laughs> and the last place that serves hot cocoa was about 40 miles away. And it's a hard time. And finding a place like Craster's Keep is as much of a strategic advantage that the Night's Watch have, comparatively speaking to their swords, for example. Because this 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 move, this what is happening right now, this meeting that is going to take place is not only for information, but it's giving us, I say us as if I'm traveling along with them, me and Dolores said get along very well, but it's giving us <laughs> Who uh, an that opportunity. Guy is the best. <laughs> he is the best. To uh, eat and sleep and be merry, at least for another night, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you guys think of the of the Mormon's um, attitude towards Craster? Because I don't really see why they. I mean, I understand that he. It's it's great to have this sort of almost ally among the wildlings, but surely if they like killed Craster, freed his wives, they could still use his keep. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I agree, a hundred percent. And I don't know why they haven't. Well, that has to do with the conflict uh, that John comes to Mormont with at the end of the chapter, after all is revealed about Craster, and Mormont knows the situation is just like, well, it's not really in our code, you know. It's not. It's, it goes against Mormont's own personal <laughs> kind of way he likes to carry himself. Why they haven't just murdered him? Plus, I don't think you'd get those wives to stay, um, you know, if you killed if you killed them, and you'd you'd potentially be dealing with them as well. You'd have to kill them because at this point they're um, I don't want to say brainwashed, but you know they're they're it's their lifestyle that they've you know it's it's become kind of its own tangible thing. I believe the watch sees it as this: we have a massive gathering of people, and they're all kin to one another in a very strange way, and it's just a bunch of girls and a guy, and this is really weird. But guess what? We get information that we need sometimes when we need it. And this is almost charted as a regular stop. You know, I early in the conversation when they met up with Craster, um, John walks in and he kind of overhears them having a conversation about the ill-fated Benjen Stark that we're all best friends with by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't seen Benjen in three years. So, we you know, Benjen's like, fuck this place. I'm not even checking it out because Ben, he's north of the wall all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who the hell knows where Benjen really is? Well, yeah, that's we should exactly. make like a cartoon, like where's Benjen, and just well, like Benjen, putting up, find him uh, among the wildlings. Posters on lamp on lamp posts and right. you know city boards, and see if anybody's seen him in the last couple. I of, expect uh, to years. see him when we finally meet Benjen. I expect to see him with a beard that touches the ground <laughs> and like and like um, rags for clothing, and he's skinning animals and living in a cave somewhere, and he has all the answers, as well as a huge arsenal of obsidian uh, daggers, arrows, all this stuff that he's been fashioning out right. of the cave walls 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, since so, so I do expect a huge satisfying reveal, uh, for Benjamin, but you're right, Zach, he didn't even stop by Craster's Keep, at least according to Craster. For all we know, it actually could be Benjamin's tongue on the wall. You know, That's you really true. can't, you really can't take anything you know, that he says as being 100% accurate. We probably accurate. are going to find out, like, at some point. Like, I'm not saying whether or not this has happened yet, um, in what I've read, but just in terms of reading this chapter and being frustrated about the lack of Benjamin, we're probably going to find out at some point that, like, he's just dead. <laughs> or unless there's like some some other you thing think going so? on. I think that's the equivalent of just saying Jon Snow really is Ned Stark's son. Yeah, but right. wouldn't that's the thing though? Wouldn't like wouldn't George R. R. Martin do that because he's all about trying to tell a realistic story? And sometimes there is no greater meaning to these big mysteries. Like sometimes there is no big reveal that's going to magically tie up a bunch of things. And I feel like he could he could do that with something like the Benjen character or Jon Snow's father. Because with Jon Snow's father, I mean, not to get off, to- off topic, but everybody and like every single person who's read Game of Thrones is pretty much convinced that Lyanna and Rhaegar are the parents of Jon Snow. So George R. R. Martin at this point might just go, well, it's not going to be a reveal because everyone knows. So I'm just going to change it. <laughs> well, Selena, Selena, have you heard any I'm such rumors a, like, that, negative. <laughs> have you heard any rumors about Jon Snow's parentage that didn't involve uh, Lyanna? And there's different theories going around. Because Craster said to Jon, you have that Stark look. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, clearly he's at least half Stark. So mm-hmm. that kind of made me happy because I guess yeah. I've... Been been made aware of some really weird theories, but uh, I mean, yeah, I think Lyanna Stark was probably his mom. When, when Craster said that, what I pulled away from it was, John, you look as if you carry yourself with dignity. You say my lord instead of my lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You're bathed to a certain degree, different than the rest of everyone. Your hair looks a certain way and you're speaking well. So I'm going to assume that he's some kind of northern noble guy. You know what I mean? Also, he's carrying Valyrian steel. Yeah. <laughs> he volunteers Sam for another task. He's like, Sam can write a map. Um, <laughs> you know, just kind of always puts him. I love how these two watch each other's like stuff all the time. Yeah. It's like, Sam is always saying, John can do this. John did that. And in, in fact, later in this, uh, chapter, when he, when he tells Gilly to go find John, John will know what to do. <laughs> it's just kind of really cool. This internal, uh, you know, bromance that they have going on. Yeah, so much happened in this chapter. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. For John, I think he sees it as an opportunity to put Sam in a position to succeed and to show off his skills. Um, I think for Sam, it's more just that John is his best friend and he wants to kind of promote that as much as he possibly can. (laughs) Um, But the one thing that I I found to be different uh, in this chapter than in the show was that Really, a lot of the dialogue takes place between John and Gilly as opposed to Sam and Gilly. And I think in the show, doing it between Sam and Gilly was to really build up Sam's character uh, to what happens later on in, in season three. Yeah. yeah, easily. I mean, not not being a point of view character, uh, it's kind of nice that the creators yep. you know, can add – oh, not yet. Okay, <laughs> well – not being Maybe. a point of view character. It's nice to see that they give Sam things before he was given them by George necessarily although it's heavily implied you know i mean it's gilly and sam have this conversation about what she should do because she wants to leave craster and then he tells her to go see john and we just see that end of the conversation instead of the previous one so it's cool how they reversed it in the show or did it yeah like even that moment with ghost it's it's Mm -hmm. john that tells ghost to 
stand down, whereas in the show, I'm pretty sure it was Sam who does that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ghosts totally owned those rabbits, unfortunately. <laughs> got himself gotten himself a rabbit. And you know what? He gave John the other one, so it's not know, so bad. I know, I thought that was kind of nice. <laughs> but poor thing. I mean, think about it from Gilly's perspective. She she had a whole plan with these rabbits. She was going to breed them. They were going to give yep. them like lots of... It's kind of like we were talking last season in King's Landing, how all they need to do to stop the food shortage is just let a few of Joffrey's like pet rabbits fly and Yep. There you go. Give it half a year. Wow. Maybe even sooner than that. I don't know how well, long it takes for rabbits to breed. <laughs> did, did this strike you as odd that she's just, when he apologizes for the rabbits the next day, she's just like, it's okay. My father got a crossbow and that's worth like a hundred rabbits. I'm like, mm. girl, do you not understand that you're going to starve girl. to death? <laughs> do, do you not understand you're going to starve to death? She's like, I yeah, got a crossbow. Girl. It's cool. It's cool. It's worth like hundreds of rabbits. And I'm like, really, yeah. girl? Really? Um, it's bad enough all the sheep are gone, which this is kind of the other thing I want to talk about in this chapter is we're seeing a, a shortage. <laughs> yes. Um, we're seeing such a shortage and Craster's really, it's clear that he's hurting, um, because they are running out of, like, they almost can't breed fast enough. All the sheep are gone. It's actually said in this, this, he's giving sheep to the White Walkers at this yes. point because he cannot satiate their appetite with just boys now and and it's getting to the point where they're they're really about to essentially lose their all of their lives i think he has very few options remaining to him and you know he he kind of gives them board but he really only gives what like a quarter of them or a fifth of them board like he's just like i got meat enough for 20 of you and you know there's 200 so it's like it sucks and only as many can fit in the floor, which is fair because he's not sleeping with their daughters. But, you know, it's just like he's not – he's there and he's survived so far. But we see kind of how cruel or under what conditions that has come and they're they're fading away. Like I don't see how he's going to be there later when they come back. I don't see how he's still there. Well, he is. Yeah. We know that from season three. But right. it's a great point because now you're left to wonder though really how did Craster come to – this agreement with the White Walkers in the first place. You can't talk to them, at least not as far as we know. Reason with them. Exactly. So what prompted him initially to start giving his sons over to these creatures? And really, who knows what happens to them? You know, are they eaten? Are yeah, are they, they eaten? Are they taken for killed? like training? Or Yeah, are they brought up to be some other type of leaders within this group? It's, it's an interesting question to ask because yeah. I don't think that even in the TV show up to this point we have an answer to that and it's kind of uh, a little bit unsettling and the fact that the Night's Watch not just the Lord Commander but the Night's Watch is aware of this you know to sort of keep these these White Walkers at bay that Craster is giving up these young children mm. uh, you know they have a moral obligation you could probably argue to protect these kids, but they choose not to. Well, it's so north of the wall. It's kind of like Vegas, right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> Nothing that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> That's a complete know. lie. Depends on if you bury it in the desert. Um, That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of holes out in that desert, let me tell you guys. But even uh, Old Bear mentions that he offered at one point to bring up Craster's sons uh, mm -hmm. at the wall. Uh, which would have been probably a far more meaningful purpose for them than whatever's happened to them at the hands of these White Walkers. It's curious as to how Craster actually got himself into this situation. And it may be something that we eventually find out about later, but I think that for Vague's sake, 
we can agree that he was probably out get it, gathering firewood and kind of made a deal with the devil, essentially made a trade off. But I mean, th- this was one of the great things about this book and about what George has been able to do with separating all of these points of view, because we're able to just join a chapter where he's at Craster's Keep. And George is able to have a mystery like this, but not even keep it mysterious because we're not trying to find, figure it out over six or seven chapters of John being here. Like we have a chapter of John's visit and we get to know pretty much from the beginning that something is wrong. Like we have this dialogue before he's even at the camp about, oh yeah, there's no guys here. And for some reason, I don't know, it's really strange. We, we know that there's mystery and we know that interesting stuff will happen. But we also know that it's kind of a necessary evil from the beginning. And I think that's one of the principles that George tries to hit home in this chapter is like, you know, bad things happen, but sometimes we just have to turn a blind eye to move forward for the greater, bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're really left in this chapter now with yet another army, right? Mance Raider is building up this vast army in the frost we're bank. building yeah. the nami that's nami <laughs> nami we're gonna nami like the, the size of bitches never see yes there was a reference in there somewhere and yeah. i lost we're it we're building a fire as large yes. as anyone north of the twins of the has ever laid eyes on yeah so. <laughs> good old mance is not just hurting a bunch of goats up in the frost fangs he's got quite the army and that's where we believe right now that Old Bear and John and everybody else is headed. Yeah, and we do know that the Frostfangs aren't as hospitable as they should be. So <laughs> the Old Bear believes that this is just a staging point for them to start moving south soon. So mm-hmm. it's getting dangerous. Getting real dangerous. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And with that, I believe, are we ready for our owns of this chapter? Why don't we go to our owns? I think we should. I agree. I got to say, guys. No, I got to say, I have to give my own this week to... Um, I, I contemplated giving it to Ghost because I think he did a pretty good job. But I mean, this is the first yeah. time that we're introduced to Craster. And I think he owns... I mean, the the hold that he has on the Night's Watch and the Lord Commander and the fact that he can get away with all this stuff, I, I'm impressed. Yeah. Not in a good way, but... Yeah, it's really strange. He has know? power, even though he should have no power. This is the thing. This should be like a bug of a man that you could like squash under your foot. And yet he lives like as this... It pretends to be this king with all these wives. He's like, he gives no fuck. Um, he gives no, <laughs> I have no word. <laughs> he gives no Beeps. fucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, about, about anything. He's just like, I'm going to marry my wives. I'm going to like make some more wives. And he, it's just ridiculous. He's living life though. You know what I mean? <laughs> just taking it day, day at a day, day at a time. Him and Walder <laughs> would get along really well. God, he's yeah, I think strange. So. Him and Walder would have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. My own uh, going off what? Uh, Zach was saying about how really the Frost Fangs are just a staging ground. There's a moment when the Lord Commander notes that Winterfell is susceptible because Rob is no longer there. And I thought it was really one of the first times we that somebody pointed out that Winterfell is you know in a pretty precarious position, especially with all the Night's Watch now having, or a good majority of them having marched north. And Rob having marched south, um, there was a line, I forget the exact words, but uh, that's my own for this particular chapter. <laughs> and the it, line it's that a great tie-in to Wednesday's episode with Theon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess so. My, I mean, my own, I think, honestly, like, I wanted to give it to Benjen. He's probably off with, like, Cereal Pharrell somewhere in the northern 
mountains or something. <laughs> the northern kicking, Norths. Kicking as all the people we think may have died. He but probably didn't. has pretty cold hands, too. Yeah. I mean, being yeah, in the yeah, for yeah, sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give it to him, but I think you're right, Selena. Craster, I mean, what he did to that messenger... Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, he's he's pretty ruthless, and you know he had help. You know those daughters had to hold that guy down while he did that. So I, I I'm inclined to say yes. It may be scary and perverse, but Craster owns this chapter and owns the current lifestyle of which I believe he is about to lose. As I said before, for me personally, Dolores Ed takes the cake. Uh, the cake being this entire chapter, I can't really even bring it to one specific line that he has said but for me he was just kind of our uh our emotional stone our rock during this entire episode because i felt like he was the only down-to-earth person god <laughs> i feel like john also just had an amazing comeback because ghost was just kind of walking around and before we got to meet gilly she was getting harassed by Chet and his goons. They're like the bad guys from the Power Rangers TV show. And John (laughs) comes up like Tommy, just like a hero. And basically they get into a little fight. They try to push him around. John says, I'll not fight. I'll not fight a brother while we're beyond the wall. And the other guy's like, oh, he's afraid of you, Chet, blah, blah, blah. On the sisters, we have a name for them like him. And John just turns around. He's like, I know all the names. Save your breath and walks away. Chet's a douchebag. I don't like Chet. No. Yeah, so I don't know. It's between John or Dollars Ed for keeping the boys in good spirits. Agreed. For, because Eric scowled when I said that line, I actually I found the line, Eric. So I'm going to read it just for you, okay? Okay, thank you. It says the Lord of Winterfell is dead, and his heir has marched marched his strength south to fight the Lannisters. The wildlings may never have may, may never again have such a chance as this. Ooh. See, isn't it so much more foreboding when you read the line? It is. No, it absolutely is. That really kind of puts a punctuation mark right dab oh, where we want it to totally be. does. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. So we did get some owns from the listeners. They were Ooh. kind enough to tell us what they thought was own-worthy in this particular chapter. Jolene from Twitter with the last name Hewlist says, My own for John's chapter has to go to the Raven for shitting on Old Bear and then quirking at him. <laughs> <laughs> He flew onto his shoulder and then he promptly shat. So, you know, I agree with you, Jolene. Jolene! 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 Don't make me even start. <laughs> Karen Smith agrees with Zach, says my own for this chapter is to Dolores Ed. For the fact, gods and dogs alike delight delight to piss on him. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Black also tweeted in. It's somewhat related because it has to do with Sam. She says, love listening to Game of Owns in my car with the windows down and pulling up to a stoplight when Sam is talking. Oh, the stairs. Ooh. <laughs> Not a bad car partner to have. Yeah. She's got you on a surround sound there, Sam. And finally, uh, one tweet here from Pluisa who says, for John Chapter 3, Squire duties own John. He's being honed to handle all levels of the Night's Watch, and she has created a new uh, abbreviation for the Night's Watch, which is N apostrophe S capital W. Very nice, Pelusa. From diplomats, <laughs> ha, to pesky underlings. And under things. Too soon? Too soon. It's true. And apostrophe <laughs> S, capital W. Hmm. It's uh, actually Monday today. It is literally Monday as we record this episode. And we thought, okay, we'll take a look at some owns. We'll figure all of those things out. And we'll approach this the rest of the week as it as it sits in front of us. And as it does stand now, we have a uh, Mr. Theon Greyjoy to visit on Wednesday. Woo! 
And then for our Friday episode, I think <laughs> if all things go according to plan, we'll be hanging out with Tyrion. So I don't know if anyone's going to woo. Uh, try to woo on your end for the Tyrion episodes because that one's Woo-hoo! obviously exciting for that as well. episode, man. I'm Me too. Tapped. Yeah, so you it's know, a great episode. Everyone knows we the haven't drill. recorded yet. <laughs> Get your own. Uh, tweet them to us. Email them to us. Uh, Eric knows all the specifics. I'm gonna take a drink of water. You want to tweet at us? You can do that. Twitter.com/slash Game of Owns. Just type at Game of Owns in your tweet, and it will find its way to us. On Facebook, you can find us. Facebook.com/slash Game of Owns. Right on our wall. Tell us what you like about us. Also, via email, if you have a comment, question, concern that lasts over 140 characters, you can email that to us, contact at gameofowns.com. Nicely done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You can also head on over to iTunes, uh, where you most likely downloaded this show, and leave us some feedback there. There's a couple things that you can do. There's a few stars that you can click on and some words that you can type on your keyboard. We have not had a review on this podcast since August the 22nd. Oh my God! So, uh, <gasps> what? We're now in the month of well, not September. In we it's are, time for we a threat, Micah. It You've might been be. Slacking. You know what it is? I think I I know what happened is that everybody is taking so much time to carefully craft their camel stories uh, because we did offer some free camel balls to the 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 one that we thought was the best. Uh, as far as how the hell are you going to get those? those? I think you've just gotten soft. Mike is really what it is, is you haven't given them a a threat that was, uh, you know, on par with previous threats. It must be what it is. I'll call you out on that. I I feel comfortable. You ready for it, Micah? Micah, are you ready to make a a threat right now? Are you ready just to look inside of your brain hole and think, what is the most dangerous thing I can say right now? And then say it. So if you do not uh, give us five stars as well as a nice review, uh, we will do the following. We will start out by meeting you in some obscure location. We will <laughs> blindfold you, lead you beyond the wall, introduce you to Craster. If you're a woman, that's not going to be a very good thing. Oh, if it's a man, no. it could be even worse. <laughs> uh, and we will then proceed to offer you up uh, to the White Walkers. And what Damn. they do with you from then on, who knows? Anybody's guess. Hands. Fear of the unknown is is the biggest motivator. It's true. So make sure to get those reviews in because if you don't, you could die a snowy, snowy death. So please don't let that happen to you. We value all of your listeners' souls. We keep them in a little jar and access them when we need to. Like a pet. They keep us nice and warm. It's well, true. Like that. Zach, that was a great threat because I like the way that you, you know, because if you're female, you become one of his wives. Yeah. If you're male, you get sent to the White Walkers. I know. So really, what would you choose? You, you have no, no hope. I'd choose to review Game of Bones five stars on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> fucking iTunes. Secret Shit. option number three. All of the above. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And we are goo! Goo!